Did you know that Women Veterans Rock is celebrating its 10 year anniversary and today we are hosting the 10th legendary Women Veterans Summer Leadership Retreat. In today's episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, we are suited up and taking the lead in this summer's conversation about the profound shift in leadership that is currently underway today. Change is coming to America. And this year's Women Veterans Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat is a timely collection of conversations designed to give today's women in leadership a playbook of techniques, tactics, and strategies to help you play like a free agent. And to give you some insider tips on branding and new tech tips to keep you ahead in the game. Today's episode will help to create some clarity around what's your game plan for succeeding in America's new normal. Now here's your host, Deborah Harmon Peel. Welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill of the Podcast. And I'm your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. Year 2020 is emerging as an important and evolving milestone for today's women in leadership. The entire Women Veterans Rock community is actively engaged in our 2020 season of civic engagement. We are honored to be among leading voices of advocacy for women veterans and military families on Capitol Hill. We are serving as community champions in our national collaboration on the 2020 census. We are poised and prepared to step up and be counted as an allied organization with the Vision 2020 Women's National Initiative on Equality, Inclusion, and Diversity. And today is our 2020 Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat. And there is a growing dialogue in our country about the new normal in America. In today's episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, we have invited three industry experts in to join us for an interactive, instructive, and prescriptive conversations on how we can build a new playbook and build a winning game plan for success in our work in America's new normal. Would you like to be recognized as a podcast conversation starter? Send your suggestions and ideas for upcoming shows to us at info at womenvetsrock.org because we're always elated to hear from our audience in the podcast community. Don't forget to stay in touch and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Vets Rock and Facebook at Women Veterans Rock. This year's Women Veterans Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat is a special and timely forum for women in leadership. First, it is our 10th anniversary of the Women Veterans Summer Leadership Retreat, and we are excited to welcome the best of the best in talent to the Women Veterans Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat. Let's get started with our 2020 Women in Leadership Forum. This year's program is called Game Plan. Today's program is geared toward posing the questions and getting answers for what is your game plan for leading in America's new normal. Today we have with us a a special guest, and I'm really excited that she's here. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'd like to get started with our pregame show and talk about your book. It's a great book. It's an exciting tool, and it's called Move the Ball, How the Game of American Football Can Help You Achieve Your Life Goal. I'd like to get started with our pregame show and have you tell us all about your book. Yeah, so my book, as you mentioned, is called Move the Ball, and the focus of the book is how you take American football-specific principles and strategies and apply them off the field to be successful not only in business, not only in your career, but in all aspects of your life. And throughout the book, I just draw different parallels and lessons from the game and how we can, like I said a minute ago, apply them off the field beyond the game to be successful. A lot of people will talk about how the teamwork element of sports is important, and that is, and the the perseverance and the hard work, but there's so many more principles that that you can learn from competitive sports and apply beyond the sports context to really be successful in all areas of your life. 
And so for me, as a football fan, I grew up following the game at a very young age and was just intrigued by all these different lessons that I've learned. And so I share those lessons in the book in the hopes that people will figure out how they can implement them in their own lives to move the ball and be successful for whatever success looks like to them. Well, I really love this analogy that you have about comparing the tactics and strategies of football to the game of life. And I'm interested in learning more about why did you write about this particular topic? Why was this topic had such a gravitational pull for you? That's a great question. So I wanted to write about this topic because I brought a different perspective. A lot of people that write on how sports apply to life or to business are people that either played professional sports, played collegiate football, or coached. And so I didn't play football growing up. I wanted to, and I talk about that in the book, but I didn't. And so for me, I was always on the sideline, so to speak, watching the game and just taking away so many lessons. And so I thought it was important to share that perspective. Also, being a woman, I bring a different perspective because NFL is a male sport, college football is a male sport. So sharing the woman's perspective and how you can still take these same principles and as a woman apply them to be successful. Well, Jennifer, it makes me smile when I hear you say that you want to bring the women's perspective to your analogy around tactics and strategy in football and how do we create an overlay for life and for leadership. And so this is our pregame show, and this year you are our leadership coach, and I'm excited about that. So let's open this year's Women in Leadership podcast retreat with you telling us about how football taught you about the game of life. Yeah, so there are so many parallels, like I mentioned earlier. And so aside from the teamwork, the teamwork is important, the hard work, the perseverance that all competitive sports teaches you is important to be able to utilize in your own life to be successful. But there's more than that. And so in the book, one of the underlying themes is I analogize you to being the quarterback, and it's really up to you to take action to, quote, unquote, move the ball forward and get across your goal line. And so I think that's important because I see so many people that don't take that ownership over their lives. They expect other people to do things for them or to make it happen. And when they don't see that occurring, then they just make excuses as to why they haven't gotten somewhere. So I really want people to first and foremost, remember that they're in control of their lives. They can't control what always happens. So on a football field, you can't always control what the outcome of that play ends up being, but you can always control what you do next, what play you're going to run, how you're going to continue to try to move the ball. And so that's one of the things that I think is important is owning your game, so to speak. And then also when it comes to the teamwork aspect, you have to know who's on your team, but also who's on the other side of the ball, what obstacles are there, what people, what circumstances may be preventing you from being able to move forward, and how are you going to develop a playbook so that you can navigate down the field and continue to make the progress that you want to make, and then ultimately, like I said before, get across your goal line. And so in the book, I talk a lot about different strategies, techniques to be able to move forward, leveraging your team and having the right people on your team, but also removing people from your life that is not, uh, that's not helpful for you or that's detrimental to your progress. I think we can all think back to a time where we knew of someone that may have been a naysayer or unsupportive of our goals. And so you can't keep them on the field to play with you. You have to either push them to the sideline. And sometimes they are so toxic that you actually have to sever ties. And we see that in football and other sports. There's always uh, player moves being made. But it's not only because of a talent standpoint, but it's also that people may not be the best cultural fit or aligned with what your goals are. And so you have to make those tough decisions. And when you look at great coaches, great leaders in business and in life, they make the tough calls and they put the right people in the right places to be able to move that ball forward. So those are just some examples. Well, thank you for helping us understand the parallel between football and being a a winner. Um, And as I listen to you describe this, and when I read your book, Move the Ball, 
I love this metaphor because this metaphor makes leadership an action sport. It shows us how important it is to be a team sport. And for women in leadership, it helps us to metaphorically work to get the ball across the goal line. And so this is very helpful. So in football and in life, women in leadership need to define their goals. They need to create a playbook for success, and they need to be able to execute their plays. How can the tactics and strategies of the game of American football help us to achieve our goals in life and our goals in leadership? Sure. Well, you talked about defining your goals. I think that is so fundamental in a football game it's pretty clear what the goal is, right? Put more points on the board than your opponent. But there are other goals aside from just the game and that day, uh, Sunday objective, I'll say. There are other things that players are looking to develop. The organization has other goals that they're trying to achieve. And so in our own lives, we have to understand what are the goals that we want to set for ourselves. Because if we don't have that clarity, then you really don't know if you're making progress towards the things that matter to you. And something that I'm very passionate about with people that I talk to and that I work with is I want people to be clear on what does it mean to win for them. Because a lot of times people are just chasing a dollar or they're just going day to day in a career that they're not feeling fulfilled, and they're just going through the motions. And life is too short. For that. And so it's really let's get clear on what are the goals, what does it mean to win, and then creating that playbook for success. Like you mentioned, it's identifying what are the plans and the plays and the strategies that I need to incorporate into my life so that I can be successful. And that's whether it's a career context, whether that's a health goal, whether that's a financial goal, relationship goal, any type of goal. You need to understand what is your strategy going to be or strategies going to be to be able to be successful. And then once you have those strategies and that playbook put together, it's all about the execution of that. And that's what you see in football, in other sports. They have their goals. They understand what their playbook looks like. All the team members are aligned with what those strategies are. And then it's all about execution. And sometimes you have to adjust those plays along the way, but it's about focusing on Flawless execution, excellence, making sure that you're putting the right habits, strategies, tactics into play so that you can be successful. Jennifer, thank you for coaching us through the pregame show, and that's been fantastic for us laying the foundation of where we'd like to go in moving the ball for today's episode and today's show on game plan. Let's start with the first quarter. Uh, and I'd like to start with you telling us what does it really mean to win? Yeah, so what it means to win is, again, just getting crystal clear on what is your objective, what is success like to you. So in a career context, what is your goal? And you should have a short-term, you should have medium-term, and you should have a long-term career goal. So really taking time to figure that out. And there's no set formula on how much time you should spend on this. You just need to ask yourself those critical questions. What am I going to find fulfilling? What would I be excited to do on a day-to-day basis from a career standpoint? And map out your career progression because that way you can really then put together that playbook. But it starts with being clear and, and understanding where is it that you want to go. Because if you don't have that picture, then you're just going to be busy every day. You're not necessarily going to be uh, doing things that are productive and effective. And that's another thing that I talk about with people all the time is let's make sure you're not just doing busy work, but you're doing the right things to position you for that success. Same thing in a business context. What are your objectives for your organization? What are your objectives for your team? And once you have that clear understanding of what those goals are and what it means to win, then it's all about gaining strategic alignment from all levels of the organization. If we're talking about a business context, everybody in the organization needs to understand what the goal is so that everything they're doing is in furtherance of that goal or everything they should be doing is in furtherance. I think 
the days of the nine to five are, are long gone. People are working longer. They've got their phones with them at all times, so they're connected 24-7, and it's easy to get sucked in to doing all kinds of work at all hours of the day. So I really want to make sure that people are spending their time working on the things that are going to progress them towards the goal. And if you don't know what it means to win, then you're not going to be able to do that, or it's going to be a lot more difficult to do that. So I think it's very important, and that's why it's in the first quarter is identifying what is the goal, what does success look like for you. Well, as our team leadership coach for the Women Veterans Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat, I think that um, you've made it really clear how important it is for us to uh, build our game plan, to execute a winning game plan, and work on ways in which we can build a successful and winning playbook. So, Jennifer, now it's time for you to take us to Coach Jennifer's chalkboard and sum up what it means to win in the game of life and in the game of leadership. So to sum up, it's not just about identifying what is the goal. It's also being clear on who you are. So you have to define who am I, what's important to me, what are my priorities, because that's even more foundational to understanding where is it you want to go. So that's important to get clear on who are you, who is your identity, what are your priorities, and then it's about identifying goals that align with that. And too often I find people, they lack the confidence to, to set goals that really align with where they want to go because they don't have the answers or they doubt themselves. And so it's really getting clear on who am I, what's important to me, and then having that confidence to set the goal that you really want to go after. And when you're confident, that doesn't necessarily – confidence is different than cockiness. Confidence simply means that you believe in your ability to figure it out. And so when you believe that you can do anything because you know you're going to figure it out, it's easier to set those bigger goals, the BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals that you want to set because you're comfortable with yourself and your ability to get there. So I would spend some time understanding who are you, what's important to you. Don't think about how big the goal is. Believe in yourself. Set those big goals. And they should be stretch goals. And again, short, medium, long-term goals. Short-term would be in the next one to two years, medium-term three to five years, long-term five-plus years, and set those goals across a number of different categories. It's not just career. It's not just business. Like I mentioned earlier, financial goals, relationship goals, educational goals. There's a broad spectrum of different areas. You should be defining what winning looks like for you. And then make sure that you're revisiting those goals to make sure that they are continually uh, valid because our priorities change. So that's an important thing too is when you're looking at what does winning look like for me, what does success look like, sometimes that success can change based upon different circumstances in our lives. Well, Jennifer, I, I agree with you on the important points that you brought out about goals and goal setting and, and how uh, very vital it is to be able to prioritize your goals. So as you said, we'll know who we are, what is that we want to do, and where do we want to work to take our plan. And as we get to this series that you've just described, once we get that down pack, our goals and setting our priorities, we have to execute. And this continues to go back to the philosophy of move the ball. And your book and your philosophy about moving the ball continues to make this a very dynamic environment. Now, here we are in this, the second quarter, and it's time to learn about one of my favorite chapters in the book, and that is how to play the full 60. And when we look at how to play the full 60, there are some key elements that we should have in our playbooks to be able to execute a winning game in leadership. Help us understand what are some of the key elements that we should have in our playbook to have a winning game plan in leadership. That's a great question. So how to play the full 60, let me talk about what that means for a minute. So in the sport of American football, the regulation game clock is 60 minutes. And so that's how the chapter can be called play the full 60. And what that means is that when you look at football teams or any sport where there's a clock, that clock is ticking and teams play or if teams want to win, they continue playing until the game clock hits zero. 
So uh, I'll give you an example. We saw the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago with uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. At halftime, the New England uh, Patriots were trailing significantly. Right? Things turned around, and uh, they ended up winning that Super Bowl. And it was for a number of reasons, but they played the full 60 as well. So they were committed to trying to achieve the goal until the game clock hit zero. And so in our lives, it's a little bit different because we don't have a game clock that's 60 minutes long and time's up after, after an hour worth of play. So what the full 60 metaphorically means is that you have to keep playing the game until you've achieved the goal. Or the goal is no longer valid. I mentioned a minute ago that we have to continually reassess and see if goals are still valid to us. And if they are not, then there's no need to keep playing that game and trying to pursue it. But if that goal is still important to us, then we have to continue to persevere no matter what circumstances are on the field and what challenges and obstacles that we're facing. And so when you have that mentality that I'm going to play this full 60, I'm going to give it all I have until I've gotten across the goal line, then you're going to have that confidence. You're going to be more determined. You're going to be more committed to being able to take action on a daily or a weekly basis no matter what happens. I mentioned earlier that we can't always control the outcomes in our lives, but we can always control how we respond. So when you have this mentality of I'm going to play the full 60, no matter what, you're determined to figure out how do I continue to move forward? Where do I need to pivot? Do I need to bring in other people on my team to continue to move forward? Where am I in relation to my goal? And that's another thing that's important is understanding your field position. So are you on the 20-yard line and you have 80 yards to go? Or are you on the other side of the field? You're in the red zone, so you're inside 20 yards and looking to get across the goal line because understanding where you're at on the field is important too because that could drive the strategies and the tactics that you're going to utilize to be able to get you across the goal line. Well, Jennifer, I'm really interested in discussing more about the nuts and bolts of moving the ball. And um, as I hear you discuss the philosophies and and the rationale behind all of this, We know that there is a new normal in America, and when we look at leadership opportunities, they are changing, and the demands for women are changing. And so there's this whole new shift, and um, and I really view it as a very exciting space for us to be. So what I'm interested in finding out about, how do we keep our heads in the game when we're faced with obstacles? What are your thoughts about ways that you can coach us on how do we keep our heads in the game? That's a great question because, you know, we're currently going through some interesting and unprecedented times with this pandemic and everything else. And I really think how do you keep your head in the game is by remembering that no matter what we are faced with, we can always control what we do as a result. And in times like these, it's really an opportunity to step up and lead. And so there are people that are panicking, maybe not as much as we're coming into this new normal, but a couple months ago, there are people that were going out to the stores, buying up all the toilet paper and other supplies and just uh, really panicked. And there were other people that were trying to be on social media, provide some level of calmness and saying, hey, you know, we're in this together, we're going to figure this out. And I think it's important as leaders to remember that, It's our opportunity in times like this especially to step up and say, we're going to lead the charge and figure out how are we going to navigate through these obstacles so that we can continue to move the ball. Sometimes that navigation means we have to pivot and we adjust in our plans, but we don't waver from where we're trying to go. It just may look like a different direction to get there. We need to keep our teams inspired and motivated. We need to make sure that we are reassuring them that we are going to figure this out. We may not have all the answers, and that's okay because there's a lot of times in life we don't have the answers, but we got to figure out. We're confident in our ability to figure it out and to bring in the right team members that are going to help us to navigate and be able to overcome these obstacles. And I'll just share a personal story with you. Um, So I decided that I was going to leave corporate America after my dad had passed away. I did some reflection, thinking about what was important 
to me, and I very much enjoyed working in the corporate space, but I viewed this as an opportunity to really do something bigger with my life and make more of an impact. And so I left to focus on the Move the Ball brand. I was a single parent of five kids when I decided to make this move. So it was a big, risky decision. And But I went all in because it was something that I was just so passionate about, and that was just last year. And then the coronavirus pandemic hit, and and things started turning in a different direction. And not once did I ever think about, man, I should have stayed in my corporate job. There were a few days where I was a little bit uh, more unsure of what direction I was going to, to go. And it's okay. We're human beings. We have these feelings. But, and I think we need to process through those feelings. We just can't be stuck there. And that's what keeping your head in the game means. It's dealing with the emotions, but not letting the emotions overcome you and control you. So process through these feelings of fear or anxiety or negativity, disappointment, whatever those negative emotions are, and then getting right back into it. And so for me, like I said, not once did I regret the decision to leave, and I really figured out, okay, I'm, this is no different than any other challenge I've faced in my life. So what am I going to do? to navigate through it so that on the other end of this whole pandemic, I can have a great story to say I didn't waver. I continue to keep my head in the game. I continue to press forward. I did pivot quite a bit along the way, but I was able to overcome it. Not I let fear set in and I just decided to sideline my business and go back and look for a corporate job. Not once did I regret the decision to leave. And so keeping your head in the game is remaining mentally focused, remaining locked in, remaining committed to the things that are important to you. And I'll share with you, um, I recently had a guest on my podcast, Anthony Trucks. Anthony's uh, fabulous. Uh, my podcast is called Move the Ball. And Anthony and I were talking about how do you remain mentally locked in when things like this happen. And he shared that he has this seven-second rule. So he takes seven seconds to just digest and process what's going on, and then he gets back into it. Now, that doesn't mean you have all the answers figured out after those seven seconds, but you take that small time to just pause, feel what you're going to feel, and then move on. And so I really like that, and I think that's something that we can all implement. Maybe it's 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever the time frame is, but you take a small amount of time to process through whatever it is you're going through, and then figure out how do I keep moving forward. Well, you know, that is a fantastic um, suggestion that you just gave us in, in terms of taking seven seconds to mentally unlock. And I think that that is a, an important tool that we can use to, uh, in the short term to be able to overcome barriers. And what do you call it again, Jennifer? The seven-second? The seven-second rule. The seven-second rule. So the seven-second rule is dedicated to how we um, take a few seconds out to mentally unlock so that we can be able to move in a direction to get things done. And I, I want to thank you for that great example that you gave us, that personal example. You made a decision early on about leaving your corporate job so that you could work to grow your brand moving the ball. And making a decision to grow the Moving the Ball brand is something that was very courageous, and I want to congratulate you on that. But I also have to congratulate you on the courage to be able to see it through. And once you've made the decision to leave your corporate position, build your brand, then we're hit with something that was unpredictable, and frankly, we didn't have a lot of control over. So listening to your explanation and going through that is a fantastic way to teach us about how do we keep our heads in the game when we are faced with challenges that we don't have, have any control over, but we still have to work through and work around. Now it's time to coach on how we can, as you said, step up and lead the charge. And so when we look at step up and lead the charge, I think that this is probably a really good time for us to go back to the coach's chalkboard. And I'd like for you to sum up the tools that you have given us to keep our heads in the game. So I think first and foremost, I think it's important for people to remember that they are good enough in, in who they are. They deserve to be happy. They deserve to achieve what it is they're looking to achieve in life. No matter where you've been, you can always change 
where you're going, and you deserve to have everything that you want in life. And so I think when you remember that, that helps you to stay focused. Another thing is you need to remain connected to your why. What is your purpose? What is driving you to do what you're doing? And when you stay connected to that purpose, it's easier to stay mentally locked in and focused on what it is you're trying to do, no matter what barriers and challenges come in your way. Another thing that I want to share is I had a different guest on my podcast. So I recently, when we had the, the NFL draft a few months ago, I did the special Path to the Draft series on my Move the Ball podcast where I interviewed a number of college uh, prospects who were NFL draft prospects uh, before the NFL draft, and they were sharing their stories and things they had learned, lessons that coaches had shared with them uh, that have always stuck with them. And one of the kids that I had interviewed, his name was Kadarian Jones. He played at Memphis. And the lesson that he shared or the advice that he had gotten from a coach that I, I really loved was he said that coach told him to always live by faith and not by sight meaning that whatever you're going through in the day-to-day, you know, to keep that faith and, and continue on. And I think that's important as we're keeping our heads in the game in life is that no matter what you're going through on a day-to-day basis, if you believe in where it is you're trying to go and for those that have faith, if you stay connected to your faith, um, then you can really get through anything and you can stay mentally focused if you just choose to not get caught up in the day-to-day but look at the bigger picture and have faith that you're going to be able to achieve what it is that you're looking for. And the other thing I think is important for us when we're keeping our heads in the game is to make sure we have the right people in our lives. And when I say have the right people, it's not just about having the right team, the right playmakers, you know, helping you, but it's also about having people that are going to push you, to challenge you. You want to have cheerleaders. You want to have supporters. But you also want to have people that have been through what it is that you're looking to do so they can give you lessons and best practices, give you guidance so that you may accelerate your progress because you have these mentors, these coaches that are advising you on your path as well. And so those are things that are also important as you're looking to keep your head in the game. And then it comes to that mental focus on mental toughness. People like to use that that term. One of the things that I like to do is I, I have self-talk. Every morning I tell myself that I'm going to suit up, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to move the ball. No matter what happens today, that's what I'm going to do. And so I think by just telling myself that every morning it gets me energized and it gets me ready to go. And I would encourage everybody to have some phrase that you want to tell yourself that's going to get you fired up in the morning. And then also I would write a note to yourself. And that note is going to be a note that you're going to read when times are tough. You can pull it out, read it. It's a little motivational piece that uh, just keeps you going when you're really being tried and tested. And that's, uh, those are some suggestions or tools and tips that you can use to keep your head in the game. Jennifer, I just love the Move the Ball brand. It just, get, it just fires me up because it is very dynamic. It is something that keeps not only your mind moving, your spirit moving, and I just think that it's fantastic. And the thing that I also love about the Move the Ball brand, and I guess you know it by now, is I love the coach's chalkboard because the coach's chalkboard gives us an opportunity to step back, listen, reflect, organize, the tools and tips that you are giving us that are real-life items that we can use in our day-to-day situations. And so as we prepare to move into our fourth quarter of today's show, I think that it is important that we reflect on a couple of the things that you brought out I thought that was really poignant. And when you were talking about your path to the draft series in your podcast, you said that one of your guests said that it's it's always important to live by faith and not by sight. And that is a mantra that many uh, people adhere to, and and I am one of those people that adhere to. So thank you for bringing that up. As we um, look at another one of the items that we learn at the coach's chalkboard, and that is to remain connected to your purpose. In order for us to mentally locked in, we have to focus on why we are here, what are we hoping to achieve, and that keeps us 
laser-like on what our purpose is. And then finally, the other piece that I walk away is, I think you said it was suit up, show up, and move the ball. And so with that, it is time for us to move to the fourth quarter and take time to learn about how to play like a free agent. In your book, you talked about Tom Peters. Tom Peters, who's an author and an expert in branding, says, it all matters. Everything you do or choose not to do communicates brand value and also communicates character. So Jennifer, help us understand what does it mean to play like a free agent? Playing like a free agent means that you are managing your personal brand. So in the football context, a free agent is a player who is not currently under contract. I don't want you to think that means that a free agent in our lives is someone that is maybe not necessarily working for somebody or, uh, or is unemployed. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to get at. What it means is that you are managing your brand just as a free agent would manage their brand because their goal is to get picked up by a team. In our context, playing like a free agent means to always be mindful that people are watching you just as people are watching free agents, evaluating them. People are looking at us, evaluating us, and not necessarily just for a, a new job, but just in our day-to-day -day performance, in our leadership abilities, in whether or not they trust us right, to lead them. And so it's important that we are always mindful of what our brand is communicating. And our brand is always speaking. Whether we are speaking or not, our brand is always communicating about who we are, whether that be our nonverbal interactions with people as we sit in meetings, and maybe we're not sitting in them as much in this environment, but as we're interacting with people, what we're posting on social media, both uh, on personal networks like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as on professional sites such as LinkedIn. All of these things communicate messages about your brand and your character, but it's not just about what you post. It's also about what you do or choose not to do, and this is important as well. It's not just your actions that communicate messages. It's your inaction. So should you have taken ownership over something when you didn't? Should you have taken action on something when you didn't? That communicates just as much about your brand as if you did take action. So the whole point of how to play like a free agent is getting people to be mindful of everything that they're doing is communicating a message. So that's one piece of it. Another piece of it is free agents are always looking at how they can improve and, and step up their game because, again, they're trying to get picked up by another team. And so for us, we need to always be skilled at our craft, be current on things in our industry, in our field, so continuing education. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to go back and get another degree per se, but you can attend conferences. You can also uh, just take online classes in a particular area to improve your competence and expertise and maybe some new technology that's coming up that's relevant to your field. So it's always remaining current and relevant on the skills that you need to be a great leader and a great expert in whatever it is, whatever domain it is that you play in. And then the last piece of playing like a free agent is it's important to be familiar or make sure that you have a strong network and that you're getting exposure. So when I used to work at GE, I talked about this model called the PI model a lot because it was a model that GE uh, uses often for their uh, career advancement. And the PI model was not come up with by GE. It was developed by a gentleman, Dr. Harvey Coleman. And it talks about how there's performance, image, and exposure are three elements that help you to advance in your career. Performance was only 10% of that. Image was another uh, chunk, and then the exposure was the largest part of that pie. And what it said was performance only gets you so far, but that's really more of a ticket to play or a ticket to, to the dance. I mean, everybody performs. So how are you going to set yourself apart from other people is really your image, so your brand and what you're communicating, and then also the exposure that you have. So you could be a great leader, but if nobody knows about you or if you're in a, working in a company and 
the senior leadership doesn't know about all the great things that you're doing because there's been limited interaction and exposure, then your ability to really advance is going to be limited because people don't know who you are. So playing like a free agent is also keeping track or, or being mindful of it's not just about execution and performing. It's also about what brand messages are you sending, what does your brand look like, what does your character look like that you're putting off to people, as well as what opportunities are you having for exposure. So networking is a part of that, making sure that senior leadership is aware of the things that you're doing and you're getting that visibility so that you can have a better opportunity to continue to advance your career. Well, thank you for breaking down what does it mean to play like a free agent because I think that it is important for us to, um, as you say, be mindful of how our brand represents who we are and it represents where we are. And it also represents taking ownership of what we do and what we are not doing. There's some things that we do quite frequently that might contribute to our success as women in leadership, but there might be a fair number of things that we are not doing to help to grow our brand. So thank you for breaking down um, what does it mean to play and work and operate like a free agent, because I think that that's an interesting metaphor, and it helps me understand a lot more of what you mean. Now, when we take some time to look at some of the plays that you've given us and some of the advice that you've given us, there must be some important plays that we should know about for us to use and for us to frankly master if we're going to showcase our personal value as well as showcase our professional value through branding. Help us to understand what might be some of the important plays that we want to embody if we want to build success professionally and personally through our brands. To leading teams of people know what other contributions that you bring that other people cannot bring to the table, that is going to be a leg up that you have when you're looking to, to make some career moves or do some different things in your business and in your life. So I think getting clarity around who you are and the brand that you want to communicate, as well as understanding how do you differentiate yourself from other people are two things that are important in, in being able to showcase a personal brand and value that, uh, that is strong and uh, can be helpful in your career. Thank you for that, Jennifer. The information that you've given us thus far has just been amazing as we look at and work through each one of these quarters that we've been talking about in this piece around branding. You've given us some really valuable tips when you share with us how important it is for us to maintain some level of clarity of where we are and where we want to go and ways that we need to keep identifying and articulating what's going to set us apart from other players on the field. When you gave us that great recipe from the pie model, which is, I think you said it was performance and image and exposure. Those are really important recipes for us to embrace, learn, and to really be able to cook up, if you will, a winning game plan. And as we begin to pull all of the pieces together of our pregame show in first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, we are now here in this fourth quarter, I'd like to have you sum up some ways that women in leadership can play like a free agent. We need to go back to the coach's chalkboard so that you can help us understand how women can play and lead like a free agent. Great question. So we talked earlier about identifying what it means to win. We talked about identifying what you want your brand to represent. And when you look at where you're at relative to where you want to go, and what goals you set for yourself, what gaps do you have? What areas do you need to improve or grow your technical competencies, for example, your professional skills? And that's part of what playing like a free agent is. It's making sure that you're current on all the skills and techniques and tools that you need to have to be successful because then you will use these things as you market your brand that, hey, I'm strong in these different areas. But you can't be strong in those different areas if you haven't put in the time and the work to get strong in those things. So making sure you're staying current is one of those things, understanding the gaps that you may have uh, and then filling those gaps so that you can be known for the things that are important for your career progression and where you want to go. I think another thing that's important 
is we've talked about this before, the people that you have in your network, in your circle. And so it's important when you move the ball in life, moving the ball is not a single, it's not a one-woman show. It's, it's a definitely a team effort. People will come up to me a lot when I do speaking engagements or, or do a number of different workshops, and they'll, they'll say comments like, wow, how did you do everything that you've done? I have seven degrees, raised these five kids, served in the military, and, you know, it, it wasn't me. I, I was fortunate to have a great support system. I didn't do these things by myself. I was a teen single parent. I had two great parents that helped watch my kids while I went to school and worked. And so I didn't do this alone. And all through my life, I've had people that have helped me to move the ball and be successful. And I think it, it's important for us to make sure we have those people that can help us to be good players in the game of life, to be good free agents, but it's not a it's not a single person effort. And so I would challenge everyone listening to think about who do I have in my life that can help me to also play like a free agent better, improve my brand. I've had a number of folks that I've connected with through LinkedIn made some fantastic friends that have helped me to really enhance my brand, be a better leader. Uh, and so I would have each person listening, think about who's in your network that can help you to, to be a better free agent, to help you enhance your brand, to give you honest feedback on what is it that you're communicating and how you're communicating and do you need to tweak your brand so that it what you're communicating and what you're giving off aligns with who you want to be known for. It's important to have that feedback because without that, how do we know, right? And so one other thing that uh, I'll mention is I recently started a Facebook group. It's called She's Got Game. And the focus of that Facebook group was to really bring strong women, strong leaders together to be able to form these relationships where we can help one another, where we can support one another, challenge each other to be able to have that enhanced brand presence. And so I really wanted to be a forum where we can talk about our experiences. It was a peer-to-peer -peer support group, so to speak, where we can learn from one another, provide inspiration, uh, share advice so that we can all improve our brands and be better, quote-unquote, free agents. So I think that's important to make sure you have the right network of people as you're looking to continue to grow your own brand. And when I talk about growing your own brand, all of us have a brand. No matter what your goal is, if you're running a business, you have a brand. If you're looking to advance your career, we all have brands. So this topic is so relevant to every single person. And we need to make sure that we're managing, actively managing the brand that we want to communicate out into the world. Well, Jennifer, this has just been a fantastic time. It's just simply been a joy to hear about your authentic voice and to hear about the Move the Ball brand, and I'm just looking forward to your Facebook group on She's Got Game. In our final minutes on the game clock, there has to be at least one thing that we can embrace as we move the ball to achieve a winning game plan. Is there one thing that you'd like to leave us with as we conclude today's game. Yes, there is one thing that I would like to leave you with, and it's to let go of fear. And it's not the fear in the sense that most people think about, like, oh, I can do anything. Uh, I'm not afraid to, to take action. Not that kind of fear. It's the fear of judgment. I want people to let go of the fear of being judged by other people because too often we're afraid of what other people might say or do or think, especially if we don't achieve the goal or uh, we don't do something that they want us to do. And we hold ourselves to the standard of someone's opinion that may not matter to us anyway, but we're just so afraid of that judgment because there's so many people that love to share their opinion nowadays, whether it's uh, online and there's a lot of courage behind the keyboard or in person. And I, I think for me, I've really embraced this uh, concept over the last couple of years as I was getting ready to leave my corporate job to have the courage to be my authentic self and to be vulnerable and to not be afraid of what other people will say. Like I used to never talk about how I was a single parent. It's not a fun topic necessarily to share when you're in a corporate space and you're you know, trying to project power and accomplishment and success. And what I've learned over the last few years is 
to really embrace who I am and to own my whole story. And if there are people that choose not to be in my circle because those stories don't align with them, they're not the right people to be in my life anyway. And so, and so for me, it's about not caring what everyone else thinks. What matters most is what you think of yourself and having the courage to pursue what's important to you. And when you let go of that fear of judgment, you just feel like this, there's this huge weight off your shoulders because it doesn't matter what other people think. And it gives you the courage to try new things and to, to do things that maybe you wouldn't have done before because you were afraid of being judged. And so I would just ask people to really take a minute and think about that. Are you not taking action on something that's important to you because you're afraid of judgment from others? And if you are, um, I would say that, you know, just take some time, write that self-talk out, remember that you are good enough, you deserve everything that you want to achieve in life, and have the courage to take action on it today and not worry what those other people think. I don't think that we could have put this any better. This is a fantastic way to end a great program. And in your words, let go of fear. And we listen to and think about what you are saying to us in terms of the fear of judgment. You are suggesting that as we let go of fear, we need to embrace who we are and we need to own our own stories. And Jennifer, I just want to thank you today for coming to be a part of the Women Veterans Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat. I'm also very excited about the fact that you have agreed to come join us as a co-facilitator in the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute coming this fall. Don't miss out. Join our podcast community. Subscribe to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcast today. For new topics on Tuesdays with your host, Deborah Harmon Peel. This episode is sponsored in part by our longtime community partner, Chestnut Hill College. Chestnut Hill College is a certified yellow ribbon institution and a military friendly college. It has a distinguished history of supporting America's student veterans, military families, and the community at large. We are proud to have this fine academic institution as one of our supporting community partners. Branding is a marketing practice of creating a name, a symbol, or a design that clearly distinguishes one product from other products. An effective brand strategy gives you an important and competitive advantage in our increasingly demanding markets. Join me in welcoming our next guest to the show. She's this year's team branding expert for our Women in Leadership Forum. Meet Mona Morton, an award-winning artist and graphic design expert. She's also president of Mona Morton Design. We are seeing so many cultural shifts underway in America today. The new normal is not just rooted in uncertainty, it is also rooted in defining what comes next. Mona, we are eager to hear your take on a few important considerations we must think about in building a successful game plan in today's unique and challenging business environment. As we move into a new normal in our world post-COVID, there are things to think about in terms of how you present yourself, how you brand yourself, if you will. Branding should be thought of not as much as what the image looks like or what your image is, but what is your experience? What is the experience that someone has with you or with your brand? Your brand is not the identity in terms of the visual identity. The brand is the person's experience with the product, the service, or the thing. So when you start thinking of how you brand yourself post-COVID, consider some things such as, what do you want people to take away? What do you want them to think about or think of you as when after they've met you or when they walk, walk away from you? After you've engaged with someone and you've presented what your business is about, what is it that they should leave with? What is the experience? What do you want them to remember? I borrow this term from Alina Wheeler, who wrote a couple of books on branding and brand identities. And one of the things that Alina said in a talk one time is, who are you? Who should know? And why should they care? So when you think about post-COVID and post 
pandemic and how we move forward in business and how we move forward and how we present ourselves and present ourselves in a business way. Who are you? What do you do? Why is that important to the person you're speaking to or the persons that you want to speak to? Why should they know about you? But most importantly, how do they find out about you? What do you leave them with? Those are the things you want people to consider. In branding, it's always about the experience. What is my experience with the brand? When you think about Target and you think about the brand itself, it's a circle and a dot. I mean, their logo itself is a Target. But what is it that makes Target such a significant brand? And I use this brand a lot in examples when I talk about branding is because they have one of the most phenomenal branding strategies I feel out there. What Target wants you to do is to see them as a destination. There are a lot of stores like Target. For instance, there's a Kmart, Walmart. But what makes Target significant is Target makes you feel different when you walk into the store. So it's always about the experience. You can buy dish liquid and iron almost anywhere. But when you go to Target, it's a different place. You're not going to Target you're going to Target. People feel different about themselves when they shop at, say, a Target. So that's the experience. The same thing with products. You can buy Tide or you can buy Gain, but why do you buy one over the other? It's never about the image, but it's about your experience with it, or it's about what they say you will feel. And you buy into that um, phenomena because what you want to do is to walk away feeling great like they say you will feel. They want your clothes, you want your clothing to be sparkling and clean like they say it will. So you buy into the strategy and into what they say. And it's also about integrity. When you think about the integrity of brands and you think about the integrity of anything, it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. It's not just what you say, it's how it's said. And it's how people walk away from it. It's what is done when no one is there. The integrity of a brand is very important, is key. If we look at brands and how they're shifting now, we look at the big change in brands right now are in brands that were considered, that are now considered racist images and always were. The Aunt Jemima Pancake Box, the Uncle Ben's product brand. Changing those names and changing those images are going to be critical in the future. And I'm watching that very closely to see what are they going to do? How are they going to rename these brands, but yet keep what they've always offered? So the integrity behind those brands are they offered a great product. There was no complaint about the pancake brand or the the rice or the syrups, but the imagery And that links itself to its integrity. I mean, what are you really saying to me? What do you really want me to feel? So when you think about branding, also think about the integrity and also the psychology behind the brand. And in those particular brands, and I use those because that's such a big conversation right now with the Aunt Jemima, the Uncle Ben's and um, Cream of Wheat Box. One of the things that the psychology behind that brands are servitude. So If that's not what you want people to think about you and you're not really saying that, think about the psychology behind your brand. What is it that you really want people to feel? What do you want them to walk away with? What do you want that communicate? What do you want them to think about every time they hear your name or see your image? That's part of the experience and the integrity and the psychology. And all of those things are linked together. And then the thing you want people to always be able to do is to use word of mouth. What is word of mouth? One of the biggest ways to promote yourself isn't in how you talk about yourself, even though that does pay a large price and it does play a big role, but it's what people say about you to others. Word of mouth is one of the best forms of advertising there is because that means someone else had a positive experience with you and now they're going to share that with others. We have just a few more yards to go in putting the finishing touches on today's game plan for success. 
Our next guest is retired Colonel Mary Lo Mayhew. She's another one of our outstanding members of this year's leadership coaching team. She's president of the JPM Foundation and a highly regarded strategy expert in military, government, and business affairs. We have all been challenged with the nuances and conversions to shelter in place, work from home, distance learning, and perhaps we are now facing the inevitable reality of long-term telework. Well, Colonel Mayhew is here to help us in executing our overall winning strategy for our brand new game plan for success. Hello, this is Colonel Retired Mary Lowe Mayhew. Today, we're going to help you move that ball forward from the corner office to the home office and develop some successful strategies for adapting to the new normal in America with the remote workforce and the heavier use of telework. We will have three basic segments that we will talk about. One will be on technology, one will be about work-life balance, and finally about meeting rules of an engagement. And we'll have a closing session on talking about making our personal commitment to achieve one new goal and build your strategy around the new normal. So let's talk first about technology. With so many new applications and devices out there, it can be a little bit confusing. It will be important to set aside some time to look at the different resources and platforms and applications that are out there. It will also be important to know what platforms will work in your area and also to know what platforms and devices your customers and your future employers are using. I also think it's important that if it's the first time you're using a technology, make sure you do a dry run. And also, don't be afraid to ask for help. With all the new systems that are out there, many of them are very intuitive, but having somebody walk through the process of using that technology or platform or application is helpful to ensure you know how to best use it most effectively. Next, we're going to talk about work-life balance, which I think is extremely important. This can often be tough in a 24-hour world, but it's also important to protect your physical, emotional, social, and spiritual space. During the workday, the first thing I think it's important to do is to take short breaks and make sure you do frequent stretches. There's even an app for that. The next thing I think is important is to communicate and set boundaries about your work schedule. With many employers being in different time zones, this will be critical. And if you are the leader, make sure you are sensitive to those time zones. If you're setting up a meeting for 8 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast and you have team members or other employees on the West Coast, that means for them it's 5 o'clock in the morning. And likewise, if you're setting up a meeting for late in the day and you're on the West Coast, it means you could be infringing upon people's family and personal time. The next thing I want people to think about is about being careful about setting up back-to-back meetings. Don't be afraid to ask for a meeting to begin at 10 minutes after the hour or to close a meeting at 10 minutes before the hour. Having time to transition between meetings and be prepared is important in many ways, not only to be prepared for the meeting, but also to to give you that physical and emotional space to transition and make sure you are on time and you are prepared. The next thing for us to talk about are meeting rules of engagement. In our virtual world, meetings are important. However, a couple things to think about to ensure they are run smoothly, efficiently, and without distraction. First and foremost, is your computer at the right height? We don't want people to be looking up your nose. Next, ensure you have a professional background and make sure that there's nothing distracting or taking away from the meeting. I was recently at a meeting and a colleague of mine had some plants in her background. Unfortunately, every time she moved to her left, It made her look like a Las Vegas showgirl. While we laughed about this during the meeting, it could be distracting and take away from the topics at hand. The next thing to think about is dressing for success. 
proper grooming and professional attire still matter even in a virtual world. The next thing to think about is if you're the leader, make sure you are there early. If it's going to be a long meeting, please ask someone else to take notes. It's difficult to do both and do them well. And always remember, ask people to use their mute buttons. If you have a large meeting, it is always better to take roll call rather than asking people to announce themselves. It will also be important to ask how people will ask questions. Using the chat box is a very valuable tool. And finally, choose your words carefully, speak slowly, and be careful about using abbreviations or slang. As we end this segment, I want you all to think about making a personal commitment to achieve one new goal and build your strategy around the new normal in America. We want to make sure you are successful in moving the ball from the corner office to the home office. Thank you for your time today. Stay safe. Thank you for joining this year's Women Veterans Rock Podcast Summer Leadership Retreat. And we'd like to give a special thanks to retired Colonel Mary Lou Mayhew at the JPM Foundation and Mona Morton, an award-winning graphic artist and president of Mona Morton Design for their expertise and support of women veterans and military families for this episode. For more information on the JPM Foundation building better pathways of recovery for military vets and their families battling PTSD, addiction, suicide, and more, visit johnpmayhew.com. For more branding advice and consulting from an industry expert on graphic design and art, visit monomortondesign.com or you can look in the description for the links below. We enjoyed having you attend the Women Veterans Rock Summer Leadership Podcast Retreat. Don't forget to subscribe for upcoming details about the Fall 2020 series of the Civic Leadership Institute. You're invited to join us for an exciting kickoff event on September 29th, 2020. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WomenVetsRock. For more info and details, and to reserve your seat at the table with Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. And there's one last thing before we go. This is our 10-year anniversary, and it's our 10th Women Veterans Summer Leadership Retreat. Historically, our summer leadership retreat has been a mid-year forum where we convene leading military women from all across the Mid-Atlantic region. We bring them together so that we may connect, converse, and create exciting mastermind groups where every year they flourish in our Fall Civic Leadership Institute. This year, we created a new game plan. We pivoted to produce and prepare the Women Veterans Rock community for yet another exciting and robust season of fall civic engagement. In the fine tradition of Women Veterans Rock, the spirit of the Women Veterans Rock community still encourages us to rally together and deliver our very best for the global good of all. We stand ready and willing to open our hearts, open our minds, and our expertise to all military women and military families who make up America's remarkable military community. This year's 2020 Women Veterans Rock Fall Civic Leadership Podcast Institute will be open to our entire Women Veterans Rock community at large. Our fall 2020 civic leadership season promises to be an unprecedented virtual collaboration created for today's military women so that we may contribute to the change that's coming to America. I encourage you to follow us on social media this summer for details and registration information on getting your seat at the table of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill for the fall season of our 2020 Civic Leadership Institute. Oh.